Chapter Three of Marie Antoinette and the Downfall of Royalty. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Monica Rolley. Marie Antoinette and the Downfall of Royalty by Imbert de Saint-Amand, translated by Elizabeth G. Martin. Chapter 3. The Death of the Emperor Leopold. One after another, Marie Antoinette lost her last chances of safety. Blows as unforeseen as terror beat down the combinations on which she had built her hopes. Within a fortnight, she was to see the two sovereigns disappear from whom she had expected succor her brother the emperor leopold and gustavus the third the king of sweden leopold had not been equal to all the illusions which his sister had cherished with regard to him but nevertheless he showed great interest in french affairs and a lively desire to be useful to louis says pacific by disposition he had temporized at first and adopted a conciliatory policy he desired a reconciliation with the new principles and moreover he was not blind to the inexperience and levity of the emigres but the obligation to which he was bound by treaties to defend the rights of princes holding property in alsace his fear of the propaganda of sedition the aggressive language of the national assembly and the parisian press had ended by determining him to take a more resolute attitude and it was at the moment when he was seriously intending to come to his sister's aid that he was carried off by sudden death though she did not desire a war between austria and france the queen had persisted in wishing for an armed congress which would have been a compromise between peace and war but which the national assembly would have regarded as an intolerable humiliation it must not be denied the situation was a false one between the true sentiments of louis xvi and his new role as a constitutional sovereign there was a real incompatibility as to the queen she was on good terms neither with the emigre nor with the assembly in order to get a just idea of the sentiments shown by the emigre it is necessary to read a letter written from treves october sixteenth seventeen ninety one by madame de regecourt the friend of madame elisabeth to another friend of the princess the marquise de Prombelle i see with pain that paris and coblenz are not on good terms the emperor treats the princess like children the princess cannot avoid suspecting that it is the influence of the queen and her agents which thwarts their plans and causes the emperor to behave so strangely some trickery on the part of the tuileries is still suspected in this country they ought to explain themselves to each other once for all is the queen afraid lest the count d'artois should arrogate an authority in the realm which would diminish her own let her be at ease on that score she will always be the king's wife and always dominant what is she afraid of then 
she complains that she is not sufficiently respected but you know the good heart and the uprightness of our prince he is incapable of the remarks attributed to him and which have certainly been reported to the queen with the intention of estranging them entirely madame de rechecourt ends her letter with this complaint against louis xvi our wretched king lowers himself more and more every day for he is doing too much even if he still intends to escape the immigration meanwhile increases daily and presently there will be more frenchmen than germans in this region at this very time the queen was having recourse to her brother leopold as to a saviour she wrote to him october fourth seventeen ninety one my only consolation is in writing to you my dear brother i am surrounded by so many atrocities that i need all your friendship to tranquillize my mind a point of primary importance is to regulate the conduct of the emigres if they re-enter france in arms all is lost and it will be impossible to make it believed that we are not in connivance with them even the existence of an army of emigres on the frontier would be enough to keep up the irritation and afford ground for accusations against us it appears to me that a congress would make the task of restraining them less difficult this idea of a congress pleases me greatly it would second the efforts we are making to maintain confidence in the first place i repeat it would but a check on the emigre and moreover it would make an impression here from which i hope much i submit that to your better judgment adieu my dear brother we love you and my daughter has particularly charged me to embrace her good uncle while marie antoinette was thus turning towards austria for assistance the national assembly at paris repelled with energy all thought of any intervention whatsoever on the part of foreign powers january first seventeen ninety two it issued a decree of impeachment against the king's brothers the prince de conde and calonne the confiscation of the property of the emigres and the taxation of the revenues for the benefit of the state had been prescribed by another decree to which louis says had offered no opposition january fourteen guadet said in the tribune while speaking to the congress if it is true that by delays and discouragement they wish to bring us to accept the shameful meditation ought the national assembly to close its eyes to such a danger let us all swear to die here rather than he was not allowed to finish the whole assembly rose to their feet crying yes yes we swear it and in a burst of enthusiasm every frenchman who would take part in a congress having for its object the modification of the constitution was declared an infamous traitor january seventeenth it was decreed that the king should require the emperor leopold to explain himself definitely before march first by a curious coincidence the state of march first 
was precisely that on which the emperor leopold was to die of a dreadful malady he was in perfect health on february twenty seventh when he gave audience to the turkish envoy he was in his agony february twenty eighth and on march first he died his usual physician asserted that he had been poisoned the idea that a crime had been committed spread among the people vague rumors got about concerning a woman who had caused remark at the last masked ball at court this unknown person under shelter of her disguise might have presented a sovereign with poisoned bonbons the jacobins who might have decided to get rid of the armed chief of the empire and the emigres who might have reproached him as too lukewarm in his opposition to the principles of the french revolution were alternately suspected the last hypothesis was hardly probable nor does anything prove that the jacobins had any hand in the possible natural death of the emperor leopold but minds were so overexcited at the time that the parties mutually accused each other on all occasions of the most execrable crimes for that matter there were jacobins who out of mere bravado would willingly have gloried in crimes of which they were not guilty provided that these crimes had been committed against kings what is certain is that marie antoinette believed in poison the death of the emperor leopold says madame campon occurred on march first seventeen ninety two the queen was out when the news arrived at the tuileries on her return i gave her the letter announcing it she cried out that the emperor had been poisoned that she had remarked and preserved a gazette in which in an article on the session of the jacobin club at the time when leopold had declared for the coalition it was said in speaking of him that a bit of pier cross could settle that affair from that moment the queen had regarded this phrase as an inadvertence of the propagandists on the very day when marie antoinette's brother died louis xvi minister of foreign affairs Dulessart, had enraged the national assembly by reading them extracts from his diplomatic correspondence which they found not sufficiently firm they were indignant at a dispatch in which prince de Kunitz said the latest events give us hopes it appears that the majority of the french nation impressed with the evils they have prepared are returning to more moderate principles and inclined to render the throne to dignity and authority which are the essence of monarchical government when Dulessa came down from the tribune the whispering changed into cries of rage and threats against the minister and the court which it was said was planning a counter-revolution at the tuileries and dictating to a cabinet of vienna the language by which it hoped to intimidate france at the evening session of the same day rouillet a deputy proposed to impeach the minister of foreign affairs is it possible cried he that a perfidious minister should come here to make a parade of his work and lay the responsibility of it on a foreign power will the time never arrive when ministers shall cease to betray us were my head to be the price of the denunciation i am making i would none the less go on with it at the session of march sixth guadet said 
It is time to know whether the ministers wish to make Louis XVI King of the French or the King of Coblenz. On the 10th the storm broke. The day before Narbonne had received his dismission, Brissot accused de Lessau of having compromised the safety of France, withheld from the assembly the documents establishing the alliance between the emperor and the king of Prussia, discredited the assignats, depreciated the credit, lowered the rate of exchange, and encouraged interior disorder. Vernon followed him, exclaiming, From the tribune where I am speaking may be seen the palace where perverse consulars lead astray and deceive the king given to you by the constitution, where they forge chains for the nation and arrange the manoeuvres which are to deliver us up to Austria, after having caused us to pass through the horrors of civil war, terror and dismay, have often issued from that famous palace. Let them re-enter it to-day in the name of the law. Let them penetrate all hearts and teach all who dwell there that our constitution accords inviolability to the king alone. Let them know that the law will overtake all the guilty without exception, and that there will not be a single head convicted of crime which can escape its sword the decree of impeachment against the ministers was voted by a very large majority de Lessard was advised to take flight but he refused i owe it to my country said he i owe it to my king and to myself to make my innocence and the regularity of my conduct plain before the tribunal of the high court and i have decided to give myself up at orleans he was conducted by gendarmes to that city where he was imprisoned louis says dared not do anything to save his favorite minister on march eleven pétion the mayor of paris came to the bar of the assembly and read in the name of the commune an address in which it was said when the atmosphere surrounding us is heavy with noisome vapors nature can relieve herself only by a thunderstorm so too society can purge itself from the abuses which disturb it only by a formidable explosion it is true then that responsibility is not an idle word that all men whatever may be their stations are equal before the law that the sword of justice is poised over all heads without distinction was not this language like a prognostic of the twenty first january and the sixteenth of october encompassed by the thousand snares hated by each of the extreme parties by the emigres as well as by the jacobins marie antoinette no longer beheld anything but aspects of sorrow abroad as in france her gaze fell on dismal spectacles only her imagination was affected she hardly dared taste the dishes served at her table all had conspired to betray her she had experienced so many deceptions and so much anguish fate had pursued her with so much bitterness that her heart exhausted with emotions and overwhelmed with sadness was weary of all things even of hope end of chapter three recording by monica raleigh